Heavenly Father, bless your holy name. I thank you, Lord God, for this day. And we ask forgiveness for any sinful thoughts, words, deeds that we've done against you. Any ill representation that we've done to represent you. We ask forgiveness right now in the name of Jesus. Father, and I ask that you shower down on us today. Lord, I know that you are the vine and I am but a branch. And without the vine, the branch could do nothing but wither and die. So I ask that you come in and speak. Have your way. I yield myself to you. I surrender myself to you. I abandon myself to you. In the mighty name of Jesus. All right. Hallelujah. Today's scripture is coming from Philippians. Philippians chapter 3, verses 5 through 9. Philippians chapter 3, 5 through 9. All right. Bishop Clark, can I get you to read it for me? Thank you so much. Got it a little louder. And five. Circumcise the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, and Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law, a Pharisee, Concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Yeah, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung that I may win Christ and be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. Hallelujah. Thank you, Bishop. Thank you. Hallelujah. Somebody say abandonment, abandonment. And, total rehab. and total rehab. Hallelujah. They've been, they've been uh, tapping into the word all day so far. In Sunday school and everything else. They've been talking about it, surrendering and abandoning yourself to the Lord. Well, today, I want to choose an apostle of Jesus Christ to take a look at his life. Take a little look at his life so we can, it can become a mirror to ourselves. Apostle Paul. Now, have you ever seen a um, vacant building? I mean, you, you know, like in Detroit, there's a whole lot of vacant buildings. Calumet City. Used to be really beautiful. Now it's a lot of vacant buildings, and you know, well, if you're gonna fix a, ba a vacant building up, first thing you need to do is go and and assess the problem. What's what you're gonna need to repair it, and then you're gonna need to get the materials and begin the task. 
devote yourself to the task in order to complete the task. Abandon yourself into the task in order to complete the task. You got to weigh it out. You weigh out the task. And then you engage and you get it complete. It's the same thing when you accept Christ as your Lord and Savior. You weigh out the task. You weigh it out and see what you're up against. And then you engage, you know, and you do what you're supposed to do. Surrender so the Lord can have his way in your life in this case. Paul was one of the, Paul was kind of like a, a assassin. He was kind of like an assassin, a murderer. You know, he went persecuting Christians because he thought he was doing the right thing. Uh, he thought he was actually appeasing God, you know, because he didn't know nothing about Jesus, but he knew about Jehovah. He knew about Jehovah, and he was a Jew, and God gave the words to the Jewish. First of all, they were the firstborn, his chosen people. So he just knew he had all the authority. And I mean, he was the epitome of a Jew. Paul, verse 5 says, Paul said, I was circumcised when I was eight days old. I was a pure-blooded citizen of Israel and a member of the tribe of Benjamin. Benjamin was the only tribe that didn't separate. When the, the tribe, the 12 tribes separated, Benjamin remained. Paul was from that tribe. Led all the way back to Abraham. He says, when all of your getting, get understanding. Paul was a devout Jew. He wasn't just a Jew. He was a devout Jew. I talk about his status because I want you to know how powerful he was, how privileged he was. And then he met the Lord. And then he met the Lord. <laughs> you know? Yeah, so he was a real Hebrew if there ever was one. Paul said, I was a member of the Pharisees who demanded the strictest obedience to the Jewish law. And you know, they're still doing that. A lot of it is unnecessary because we got Jesus. He said, I was so zealous that I harshly persecuted the church. And for the righteousness, I obeyed the law without fault. He figured he was perfect in his ways. Yeah, this is something. And, and the Pharisees, they touted to take a place, take the plate. You know, Paul was supposed to take the place of Gamaliel. Yeah, he, they were building him up. He had education. He was a wise, a strong, smart man. See, Paul, he thought he was defending God's word, and he thought that God loved what he was doing. You know, and, and Gamaliel was the leading authority of the Sanhedrin. So that was a big position there. Now, Paul talks about that, and then he goes on, because we see he wants you to know that a lot of us have prestige. We, we're in high places, high positions. High polluted, polluted. Yeah, we, we, we're very popular. 
You know, a lot of these things keep us from seeing the truth. You know, Paul couldn't see it because he was blinded by trying to do right. A lot of times we're trying to do right and we can't see how wrong we are. We need somebody on the outside looking in to pull our coat. Say, hold it, wait a minute. That's not, you're not on point with that. So, Jesus had to pull Paul's coat on his way to Damascus, about to get them some more power and authority so he can now I can go in your house and get you. Oh, he was he was notorious for a good reason. <laughs> you know, he thought he was serving God Almighty, and he thought somebody else was coming along with another God. So we're gonna kill them all. That's what Paul thought. Now, verse 7 goes on to say, once these things were valuable to me. See, he had all of these. He had, he had access to anything he needed. He rode with the Sanhedrin, Sanhedrin. You know, Paul was just so, they idolized him. He was the next ruler to be. They was training him for it anyway. But after he had his encounter with Christ, where he was converted, and he become, he become a Christian, God sent him out on a mission. God sent him out on a mission. And he began to serve the Lord through his trials, through his tribulations. He served the Lord relentlessly. See, I, I talked about all of this, about what he did and who he was and how he was circumcised on the eighth day yeah, and yeah. Uh, the Hebrew of Hebrews yeah. and all of that to show that once he met Christ, yes. he dropped it all. <laughs> he abandoned it all. He gave himself over to the Lord. Hallelujah. Not just part of himself. He surrendered all. See, God wants all of it. There's no power in a partial uh, surrender. There's no power in partial surrender. When you, when you, if somebody was doing a job for you, and you paid them a whole lot of money and they did part of the job, and then they come back for the money, what you going to say? You're not going to get no more money. First of all, you won't be getting no more money. Matter of fact, you're going to be giving me some money. If you don't get the rest of this job done, you'll say it in a better way. But the, the point of all of this is we have surrender. We, we have sometimes. We have surrender. We'll, we'll come to church on Sunday. We'll sing hallelujah. Some people even know that dance that they do, 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 do. I, don't, I don't know it, but you know, it sound, the music kind of sounds good. Like, hey! But my point is, after they do everything that makes them sound like they know Christ, look like they know Christ, they don't walk like them. It's in the walk. Yes, it is. Just watch. You don't have to hear anything. Just yeah. watch the walk. Yeah. The walk talks louder than your talk talks. Wow. Just watch the walk. Yeah. So while you walking, 
Paul, Paul says, once, I once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. See, we get so stuck in these things, we won't let them go. When we, if we come to the church, we don't have a job. We come in and get close, get into the uh, gathering of the saints and get a blessing. And God blesses you with a job. As soon as you get the job, you don't have time to come to church no more. You don't have time for God no more. You walk away from it. And you stop your spiritual growth right there. Because you unplug the lamp. When you unplug the lamp, you don't get no light. You got to stay plugged in for the lamp to be some good. A rose, when you clip a rose, as pretty as it is, it's dead as soon as you clip it. Still looks good for a while. You can put it in a cup of water and put some sugar in it and make it last a little longer, but it's dead because it's separated from the life source. We have to stay plugged in, connected to the life source. And not only that, you have to grow. There has to be maturity. You can't stay a baby in Christ. What would it look like to see a 10-year-old kid with a baby bottle walking down the street with a baby bottle or laying on your couch with a baby bottle or laying in a baby pen with a baby bottle? That looks real ill. <laughs> well, same it looks when a, you've been studying the word for months or years and you still drinking milk. We have to be growing. We have to be feeding on the word. There should be a thirst and a hunger to want to be closer to Christ. It's not just a, a, a song or a dance or a concert. It's a feeding, a spiritual feeding, a spiritual banquet. You come in and get fed and start pumping up. And you get some spiritual muscles. Like me. No, that's joking. <laughs> so, so Paul says, for his sake, I discarded everything else, counted it all as garbage. One version says dung. You know what dung is, right? Yeah. That's the one way to say <laughs> boo, boo. I'd rather say manure, but that's what it is. He says, so that I can gain Christ. See, we have a problem surrendering, especially men. Surrender is a terrible word. In combat, men won't surrender. Being blown up, bombarded with, with bombs and still won't surrender. Till the right bomb come in, then you say, okay, okay, okay. God says surrender. God says surrender, not part of you, all of you. You praise them when you want to praise them. You praise them when you don't want to praise them. You serve them when he's at the mountaintop, when you're all joyful, and you serve them in the valley. When it's you at your lowest low. And I tell you what, I found that when you serve the Lord at your lowest time, he pours so much into you. He pours so much into you. Because you stop worrying about your problem and you thinking about somebody else. 
Oh, God loves that. You can't beat him giving. He loves that. He loves that. So he says, I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I became, I become righteous through faith in Christ. You become righteous now through faith in Christ. The word of God says, he that knew no sin became sin so that we may become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You can put a thank you right there because he paid it all. He paid it all. It's a gift. All we got to do is accept it. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. But there's an abandonment that we must do. We must abandon ourselves to the Lord. He must, we must be so pliable that we're not even concerned about our, our rights, our will. Deuteronomy 31 and 6, well, first of all, Ephesians 1.13 in the NIV, it says, and you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the Holy Spirit, the promised Holy Spirit. So God knew we were going to need some help, you know. He knew we were going to need help. See, you're fighting a, a spiritual battle. He said, we wrestle not with flesh and blood, but with powers and wicknesses and rulers in high places. So you can't beat Satan. I can't beat Satan. In fact, we're no match for him. Don't even match up. But God, he sealed us with his spirit. The same spirit that rose Christ from the grave. And that was because we fighting a supernatural battle. We need supernatural help. So he gave us supernatural help. The power he's given us, he said that the treasure that is within is stronger than that that is in the world. More powerful. It's the spirit of God. There is none greater. So we thank God for that. It says God wants it all. God wants it all. And we have to beware of stopping short of abandoning it all. Total abandonment to God. See, he does a rehab on us. When you, when you totally surrender to the Lord, he begins to shape and mold you. Yeah, you used to, before you had no patience. Now you got patience. Before you were bitter and, and kind of coarse and hard. Now you got some goodness and some temperance working. You know, before you was angry and now you're a little more calm, calm tempered and everything. God is good because you begin to bear the fruits of the spirit. Love, peace, patience. You begin to bear this goodness, gentleness, long suffering, self-control, faithfulness. You begin to look like Christ. You begin to walk like Christ. Thank you, God. Thank you. Anybody knew you that knew you before, they see you now, they say, oh, no. 
Right, like they said, God about me. I had a couple of people say, they told my wife, I, I heard them say, <laughs> I heard them say, you know, they said, if, Carl, if God can save Carl, I know he can save me. And I was like, hey, wait, I wasn't that bad, wasn't it? <laughs> but, but he'll clean you up. He'll clean you up if you surrender. You know, I want to tell you how you, you get started. See, when, when trials and tribulations come your way, uh, that's a perfect time. That's a perfect time to get in cahoots with the Lord. Amen. You know, you, it sounds like good words to just wait on the Lord or talk to the Lord or, you know, call on the Lord and you're about to be evicted today. But how many of you know, sometimes it takes an eviction to get you to the right place. You might not get up and get out of that place no other way unless they kick you out. Hey, good things come from being put out somewhere. God can't even move some of us to the new blessings he has because we relaxed and comfortable. We don't want to move. Had I stayed where I was a year and a half ago, I'd still be in Calumet City somewhere. In a, in a one-room apartment. But God said, get up and move. And I got up and moved. And I came to Homewood. And then I went to Aurora. Every time he says move, you need to be privy to what he's saying to you. Amen. For your life. Amen. And I went to Aurora. And I stayed there. And he said, okay, now let's go. Move. Yeah. Yeah. And I, yes, Lord. And I move. He unctions you. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. This is true. He unctions you. You ever, you ever lost something in the house and couldn't find it, and then all of a sudden you walk right over there to it, and you daydreaming like, and then you focus, and, oh, I needed that. I was looking for that. Yeah, well, the Lord orders your steps when you're not even conscious of it. So God can, God can order your steps, and he orders your steps, and you learn to hear his voice. He said, my sheep know my voice, and they won't follow that other stranger. So he leads you where you're going to go. Then he told me to come back to Glenwood, and then I started searching for a house. I was looking around for a house that didn't even have house money. Didn't even have house money, but I spoke that. I spoke that. I asked my fiance, where you want to live? She said, I want to live out here somewhere. I said, okay, let's look around out here somewhere. We looked around out here somewhere. <laughs> We <laughs> now we have a house and our, it's just a house but it's bigger and better than anything I had and my wife is happy <laughs> my wife is happy so you know but if I had stayed in Calumet City and the Lord said get up and move and I said you know what it's cool I'm good right here I got everything I need in here, you know. If I hadn't done that, I'd still be there or somewhere worse for being disobedient to God. So you must learn to hear the Lord. You must continue to stay plugged in. You must keep coming and getting fed. You'll grow. You'll begin to hear the Lord. And he'll begin to order your steps. So we thank God for all of these things. I wanted to say that when you follow in the Lord, 
You, you don't have to worry about problems. Okay, you're getting kicked out tomorrow. That's not the worst thing. It, it may seem like it, but when God is in your life, now here's the chance for you to trust him. Yeah, you may be, you, he gonna open some door. It might not be what you want. It might be a shelter for a month yeah. or a few weeks yeah. or one night. Come on. It's up to God. Come but on. you are trusting him yeah. and he's teaching you to trust. And when you get to the point where you trust him no matter what, see, now you're building a relationship. You're learning to abandon yourself more and more. So when problems come about, you don't jump and sweat and worry. You just get ready to move to the next place. God wants you to do what he wants you to do. You keep serving him. You keep worshiping him. You keep praising him and living for him and being obedient. And, and watch things come to pass. Some, sometimes you have to go through some things in order to get where he want to take you. It's not him, it's us. Because we won't move. We got everything set. We don't need to move. He can't take you to another place. If God tells each one of us right now individually, okay, I want to move you to Virginia next week. So I'm going to need you to get up and go over here, I have somebody waiting that's going to show you the place that I'm going to get. How many of us would get up and do that? Or how many would say, uh, <laughs> 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 was a fly. I know that wasn't God. <laughs> that must have been a fly. <laughs> yeah, but when you hear them, you have to move. And then you learn to hear them. And then you learn to walk like the children in the desert. God was over the tabernacle in the cloud. And once the cloud moved, the people moved. When the cloud stopped, the people stopped. Unpacked and set up the tabernacle. When the cloud moved, pack it up, follow it. When God says move, we move. When God says stay, you stay. Salvation is more than just deliverance from sin. Or all the experience of a personal holiness. Everybody likes blessings. We like the good part. But God wants more. He wants us to abandon all to him. Yeah. Salvation of God. Is deliverance out of self. Being delivered up out of yourself. You know we can be our worst enemy. Because we have free will. Because I got free will, and can't nobody really tell me nothing. That's, that's the attitude we all have. Really, can't nobody really tell me nothing. Anywhere I am, I can go and come as I please. I don't need you to do this and that. You don't need, hey, you don't need to be trying to tell me nothing. That's the attitude people have. That's the attitude we have. I had. I thank God I don't have that attitude now. But anyway, we need to be delivered from ourselves entirely. Entirely. Not just some. Entirely. And we need to be delivered from ourselves entirely into union with God Himself. Amen. Amen. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 